Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Hopefully, you have good news for me. That's what she said when the doctor entered the exam room after her medical test. Hopefully, I will get this new job. That's what he said to his wife after his most recent interview. Hopefully, things will return to a normal or relatively normal state. That's what she thought to herself when she turned on the most recent press conference related to the coronavirus. Hopefully, hopefully, we say this word all the time, hopefully. Hopefully there will be good news coming out of this soon and everything will work out. Hopefully everyone that I love will be well. Hopefully our jobs and our pensions and retirement accounts are secure. Hopefully our favorite restaurants are going to open back up soon. Hopefully our church will be better than ever before coming out of this situation. Hopefully. Last week, we started a new sermon series titled Living Hope. Living Hope. This sermon series is a sermon series on the book of First Peter. First Peter, a book that Peter wrote to Christians who were going through an incredible time of difficulties, sufferings, trials, persecutions, and even death. And Peter wrote this word to them to remind them and encourage them in the true living hope that they have in Jesus Christ. It was a necessary word for Peter's audience, but I think it's also a necessary word for us as well. Last week, we read this key verse, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, which says, According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we have a hope that is alive because our hope is in Jesus who is alive. So the hope that we have is not a distant past. Uh, the hope that we have is not just a distant future. The hope that we have is our present reality, a living hope. Hopefully, hopefully, we say this word a lot, but I think culturally when we say this word, what we oftentimes mean is kind of like a wishful thinking. Like, man, I, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I really, really hope it works out okay. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to good news, but I just don't know. So hopefully, hopefully. But I'm not content with that being the definition of this word. I mean, look at the word. Look at it. It says hopefully. 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 
Frankly, Peter was not content with hope being some sort of wishful thinking. Let me take you to our reading for today. From 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. Peter writes this, Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Do what with your hope? Set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Set all of your hope, your full amount of hope on Jesus Christ. For when Jesus Christ comes again, at that revelation of Jesus Christ, all hope will be fulfilled. All life will be given. Perfection will be ours. Hope fully. Set your full hope on Him. Maybe we should write the word like this. Hope fully. Hope fully. Set your hope fully on Jesus. And when you set your hope fully on Jesus, you won't have room for anything else. It's like this jar of water that I have here. I put a cap on it because I don't trust myself, but I filled it all the way to the top. I'm not sure if you can tell that there's water in it, but there is, and it's, it's filled to the top. This is my, my hope jar, you could say. And I've got it filled up with the hope of Jesus all the way to the top. And when it's filled with Jesus... There's not room for anything else. There's not room to hope in anything else. Unless I dump some of it out or displace it with something else. But when my hope is fully set on Jesus Christ, I am fully filled with hope. So why is Peter making this statement here? Set your hope fully. Because the people that he is talking to need to be encouraged encouraged and emboldened. Yes, you have a sure and certain hope. As much as Jesus is alive, risen from the dead, so too is your hope full in him. And then Peter moves them into this conversation of, now that you have hope full, live holy. Live a holy life. Live a holy life because a holy life is a hopeful life and a hopeful life is a holy life. Because what Peter is saying is this world also needs hope-filled people to live as people of full hope in this world. And the way that we do that is by setting aside the things that we used to put our hope in. Peter says it like this in verse 14. Don't, don't be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. He's saying, leave all that stuff behind. All that hope that you put in, in your money, all that hope that you put in uh, medicine, all that hope that you put even in your own ability to live. <laughs> Set it aside and put your hope fully in Jesus do you not know? Do you not remember that you've been purchased and won? You've been purchased and won back from sin, death, and the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, 
but with the holy, precious blood of Jesus and with his innocent suffering and death, like the sacrificial lamb led to the slaughter, he paid for your sins and for mine. Do you not know that you are forgiven and set free from your past mistakes? Don't be conformed to the passion of your former ignorance. Step into the full hope and the holy living that you have in Jesus Christ. People that are hopeful, that is, full of hope, are much needed in this world. You know what it's like, right? When, when you've hopefully been setting your eyes on good news or a good report, you're, you know, when you say, I'm, I'm hopeful, you're always hoping for a good thing, right? When that good thing comes to you, what happens to your attitude and your perspective on life? It totally changes and shifts your perspective, right? When hope is delivered to you, you live joyous. <laughs> and hopeful people are necessary in this world to live out that hope for the sake of others who are in darkness and despair. The situation I want to share with you right now has happened in a variety of different ways in my life and in kind of numerous situations. But the most recent experience happened just yesterday, and so I want to share this story. But similar things have happened, and I'm sure have happened to you too. Uh, my wife Abby and I have been leading a nightly prayer and praise on Facebook Live. And on Friday night, I posted a question to people and I said, hey, local folks who live uh, around us here in, in the western uh, upper peninsula what, what's your favorite beach to go to and we've got a number of replies some places that i had heard of most i had heard of but a number i hadn't been to and so yesterday my family decided to uh, go to one of those places so we took the kids on a little adventure i'd never been there abby had never been there our dog had never been there before so we drove and when we started getting close to where we needed to go the road was blocked filled with snow. We were pretty sure that we were close to the beach. We were on the, on the right road. We just didn't know how much farther we had to go down this road. And so Abby and I stopped the car at that pile of snow and we looked at each other and said, what should we do? Should we go to a beach nearby that we know how to get to or should we try to get there? And, and I said, let me, if you just, just give me a couple minutes, let me run ahead down the road and see how far it is and see if the kids can handle it. So we did that. The kids stayed in the car, happily whining, and I ran ahead. I ran ahead and, and I was back to the car in less than five minutes. And once I got to the beach, I looked out and it was a beautiful spot. And, and so I got back and I said, guys, we can do it. Let's do it. Get your, get your coats on. I'm going to grab the cooler. I know the way. It's not that far. And as we were going, the kids started off down the road and they were, they were running and, and skipping and Phoebe finally stopped after, after maybe 100 yards and she said, Dad, I'm too tired from walking. And with total confidence, I said to her, Kiddo, I know you can do it. I know you can. We're, we're right there. Just hold my hand. I'll, I'll show you the way. This is what hopeful, holy living looks like. 
living a life of hope is not just for us, but for the world. We know and believe in a greater reality than the one that we can see in our immediate present. Because we believe fully that Jesus rose from the dead, our hope is fully on his return. So when we say, hopefully Jesus Christ will return and make all things new, that is not a flippant wish. That is not just wishful thinking. When we say, hopefully Jesus will return, we say our hope is full that Jesus will return. As much as I believe in anything else, I totally, with full hope, believe it. This is our source of hope. Jesus' resurrection from the dead and his final return to make all things new. I cannot fit any other source of hope into my life. And I pray that you would cast aside anything. Anything from your former ignorance, as Peter says, that you hold on to as a source of hope. Set it aside. Let your hope fully be in Jesus. This hope, this hope is such good news for us and for the entirety of the world. Peter closes out the section today that we're looking at with these words, quoting from the book of Isaiah. He says, All flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word, this word is the good news that was preached to you. Peter is saying our lives are like grass. And everything that we are so tempted to put our hope into is like the flowers of the grass. It all wears out and fades and browns and dies. Even our own lives. The one thing that remains throughout all of eternity is the Word of God. That Word of God. And that Word, that Word, if you didn't hear, let me tell you what it is one more time. That word that remains forever is this one. You are loved. You are. You are forgiven. You're set free. Anything that you've already done this day that you regret, it dies with Jesus on the cross and you are forgiven and set free. You have the forgiveness of sins. And you have the promise of eternal life. All because Jesus died for you and rose for you. It doesn't matter what you've held on to in the past. Jesus forgives you and sets you free of that. This is the good news. That word of the Lord remains forever and it will always remain. My friends, this is the word, the good news that has been preached to you today. Now it's your turn to preach it to somebody else. And not just to say it, but to live it with your whole being. To live full of hope. To live full of hope. To live full of hope. Not just for your sake, but for the sake of the world. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.